0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Division for You Big Book Study. My name is Larry Kay, and I am a recovered, compulsive overeater. And if you're unmuted, just go ahead and mute your phone if you'd be kind enough just to check it. Um, Let's see. Today is Friday, June 28, 2019. Today we're reading from the big book, and we're currently on page 36, the third paragraph. Thus started one more journey, uh, the one paragraph only. So today's readers, we have Tenzin P. on the uh, 12 steps, we have Diane B. on the 12 traditions, and the readers of the text this morning are Kim G., Hoodie R., and Lauren N. The share ID for Thursday, June 27, 2019. Uh, The 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 13,087, that's 13087, and for the 10 a.m. meeting, 13,089. 13089. Our o, the OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive reading. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions. We neither solicit nor accept outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps in the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Let me now ask Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Tenzin. And Tenzin, press
1: um, star one, if you would.
2: Ah, I was reading the steps.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> did.
2: okay. Um, good morning, everyone. Tent and T checking in from New York City. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. 7. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10 continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day.
0: Thank you, Tenzin. Okay, Diane B., it's your turn for the 12 traditions. Good morning.
3: Good morning. Thank you, Larry. This is Diane B. in New York. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous 1. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service, Larry, and thank you for the team Friday today. Pass.
0: Thanks, Diane. Okay, this meeting's messy but it works, here's how the meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. And anyone uh, can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, for readers uh, it's six months and there is absolutely no abstinence requirement for sharing on the topic this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read and of course we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to each of us if you'd like to share press star one to unmute and once you're done sharing let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone again in order to have a quiet meeting everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted so that means everyone's phone should be muted except Kim's because Kim is going to um, resume our study of the big book and she's going to read from page 36 the third paragraph which is thus started one more journey so hey Kim good morning good morning
4: Larry good morning everyone thus started one more journey to be silent for Jim Here was the threat of commitment, the loss of family and position to say nothing of the intense mental and physical suffering which drinking always caused him. He had much knowledge about himself as an alcoholic, yet all reasons for not drinking were easily pushed aside in favor of the foolish idea that he could take whiskey if only he mixed it with milk. Um, Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim. Um, I have have been recovered since January 2011. And that line, the intense mental and physical suffering which the drink always caught him. So, you know, we've been studying Jim for the last, like, gosh, this whole week. So what have we learned about Jim? We learned that he had a nervous disposition even before he drank. He didn't drink until he was 35. That's the restlessness, the irritability, the discontentment. That was part of who Jim was. We saw these AA guys come and give him a clear explanation of alcoholism, explain to him that twofold nature of his illness. However, we also saw on page 36 his thinking, his thinking because he didn't complete the work of the 12 steps. And then we saw that strange mental blind spot, the suddenly. You know, whenever I hear the suddenly, I always think to myself, there was a time I was asking him for quite a while and I was, in the grocery store and i'm checking out and they have all the candy there and i see there's white chocolate peanut butter cups and suddenly the thought and in my mind i have never had a peanut butter cup with white chocolate how could i die without knowing what white chocolate peanut butter cups tasted like and you know what i decided to try that and run their journey to the asylum for Kids. this is the perfect description of the powerlessness over the mental twists in my thinking and the powerlessness over the physical allergy, which is a biological function. And for me personally, I believe there's a sacred space that is described on page 25, where it says, we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we, as we had been living it. So I am hopeless. Life is impossible. I can't live with the food, and I can't live without the food. And I come across people in whom the problem has been solved. You know, Vision for You is a beautiful example of a Healthy LA meeting. We often have 400 people on the line live, all hearing that same message. But I know, there's, I know a lot of people who have been listening to Vision for You for years who are still in the food. There are many strong voices that I heard in the beginning of our, our meeting that are now in relapse. There are people that, that I know that can quote this book. You name a word in this book, and they'll tell you exactly what pages that word's on, and yet they're still in the food. Why is that? Because lack of power is my dilemma, not lack of knowledge, not lack of having that rock great sponsor, not lack of intellect. But you know what? If you get access to a power, there is no dilemma. So we often hear, don't give up. Well, I'm going to ask you this morning, give up. Give up the food 100%. Experience the entire abstinence. Give up your old ideas, your prejudices, your opinions, what you think the way is, the steps are. Give up what is not working and even what used to work, it no longer works. And I want to end with this. The big book works 100% of the time if we work it 100% of the time. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. Much appreciated. Okay, we're going to transition to sharing. Let me tell you where we're at. Um, Kim read from page 36, the third paragraph only, thus started one more journey and um you know if you're a new voice you're scared you haven't shared before um or you're an old voice like harlan i mean a really old voice you can share too but so we're just going to if you haven't shared in the past uh, day or so on this meeting who would like to share and what was read
4: nancy Nancy b alicia Alicia.
0: melissa L? Jen B, Jana L, L. Ginger C, Ginger, Kathy G, Kathy G, okay, we're going to cut it there, Craig, just because he's a guy, and I'll just get him in there, hi Craig, okay, here's who I have, I have Nancy, Alicia, Melissa, Jen, Jana, I believe it was, Ginger, Kathy G, Julie, and Craig, Um, so if I got those right, if you're not Nancy, if you'd be kind enough to mute your phone and we'll start off with Nancy. Good morning.
5: Hi, Larry, good morning, everybody. Thank you for letting me share. Yeah, I um I got to the point where, you know, I had been sort of in and out of the food for forty over forty years, close to fifty years, and I finally surrendered. I mean, I only have one message and it's all about surrender. But, it, you know, when you drill into that, when I drilled into that, you know, I didn't really know what it meant. And um, when I was, you know, sitting in meetings all those years and seeing all the other women seemingly, you know, I don't know because I didn't know them, um, they seemed happy, joyous, and free. And I was enraged, sulking, and resentful. And um, I never, it never got any better for me. I mean, even thin or fat, um, it never got any better. And... You know, I didn't realize that I was insane because I, too, had some thin periods of time, um, as the speaker was saying. And I, you know, I remember getting off the phone with a sponsee who was complaining about eating. And I said, listen, you you have to make the decision. My recovery is rock solid. And I hung up the phone. I walked over to the refrigerator and I dove into some cheesecake. I mean, it, you know, I I didn't realize that surrender for me had to be surrendering of my thinking. I mean, I thought that if I gave up all my alcoholic foods, that my life would be empty. And um, so I tried to manage those, you know, with the fifth or below business or, you know, foolish, foolish threadbare ideas. I love the threadbare idea. Um, You know, I tried to connive and wrangle my life into being able to eat and be thin at the same time. That's what I was willing to do. And when I was willing to give up all of my old ideas then i got better and i don't know i was thinking when kim was speaking i was thinking do i have you know is the power of you know evident in my life and the answer to that for me is i guess it must be because i haven't eaten compulsively in almost 2 years and i continue to grow spiritually by working with other people, sponsoring them, and asking other people to help me when I need help. And I think that, um, you know, for whatever reason, day by day, I strengthen this this relationship that I have with my higher power, and I feel the presence of my creator more and more. Um, Sometimes I don't feel it, you know, sometimes I'm just going, working in my garden or driving to the store or whatever I'm doing and I'm not, it's not like I'm sitting there thinking cue the Handel music, I'm just living my life. But the more that I work on my spiritual um, recovery, the more honest I become about who I am and what my disease is, the more often I feel the presence of my creator and that's what keeps me on the right path. Um, So thank you for letting me share, and with that, I'll pass.
6: Thanks,
0: Nancy. Okay, we have Alicia followed by Melissa. Alicia.
6: (laughs) All right, good morning. My name is Alicia S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Minnesota. Um, This paragraph takes me back to all the compulsive eating behaviors I did before coming to this program. I would get so excited when I'd read about a new diet program or superfood, I think that I'd finally found the answer to my problems, but little did I know at the time that I was trying to fill a spiritual hole with things that would never fulfill me or answer my problems. I would hang on for dear life through each of these attempts and ultimately fail. I could just, I just could not think my way um, out of my problems. So now that I'm recovered, I look back on this insane thinking and thank my higher power that I'm here today on this call with everyone. Every day, I'm given another opportunity to live God's will instead of my own. Living God's will in the 12 steps keeps me out of the food and allows me to live my life consciously instead of numbing out in the addiction. Um, When I think about my life prior to program, I like to compare it to seeing the world through like black and white lenses. Um... Now that I'm in a relationship with my higher power and my world has exploded into the most beautiful rainbow of colors. I I just feel like I'm truly living um, fully for the first time. Um, so I want to thank you for this meeting and thank you all for the service. Uh, I'm so grateful for everyone on this line. Have a great weekend. And with that, I passed.
0: I want to thank you, Alicia. Thanks so much for your share, okay, Melissa. It's your turn followed by Jen b. Good morning.
7: hi, good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. It's Melissa c recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and today's my last day of work for the summer um, yay
8: um
7: yeah, so you know i i love I love this story um you know, because it really shows me, like, threats of consequences, you know, like losing his freedom, right? He's going to be, he, he knows he'll get committed, and losing his family and his job, and and even, like, he knows somewhere that there's pain and suffering every time he drinks, and all of this knowledge is, like, easily pushed aside in favor of something ridiculous, like, if he puts it in milk, it's going to be okay. And, you know, and I, why do I love this story? Because I can relate to him. You know, I, I've experienced it, although, you know, not committed to an institution. Um, You know, I knew that as soon as I started eating, um, I was a prisoner again. You know, I would be confined to my couch. I wouldn't want to see anybody. I wouldn't, want to do anything i would just live um in the car through the drive through or sitting on the couch or hiding in my bedroom you know and um and you know that's not much different than to me being committed because a cage is a cage you know um and maybe it's even worse when you have the key and you can get out but you can't you know um and and i lost like relationships you know because i couldn't show up um and I know this, you know, like I missed events, I I suffered real physical pain, um, discomfort of obesity, you know, but also not even like, you know, like that's bad enough, but I, you know, it takes a lot of eating before you see more weight, although not that much for some of us, but, um, you know, um, but I would have pain like right that very day, you know, and I had all of this knowledge. You know, like every time I did it, I got the same results. And yet everything I know, every ounce of pain, every relationship I have, I somehow easily push aside in favor of the bite, you know. And um, I think, like, it's like I'm on a, on a great big balance scale, and on one side is everything I have in life, everything I love, you know, Everything. And on the other side, you know, I am willing to tip that entire scale on a piece of gum. You know, like that's, to me, that's insane. That's how I know I have a serious mental defect. And, um, and that's how I know I need to work the program. And for me, that's what this chapter is really all about, that I must find another solution besides knowledge and pain and consequences. Thank you. With that, i will pass thanks
0: melissa okay we got jen janna ginger boy I tried to say that real quickly jen followed by janna hi
2: jen hey jen press star one if you would
1: hey sorry about that thank you <laughs> okay. um, so this is a Jen Consulting,
9: eater from Boston. Uh, I'm walking outside, and there is somebody mowing their lawn. So I, I apologize if there's like a whole bunch of background noise. Um, yeah, trip trip to the uh, insane asylum. Um, yeah, that's that's where insane thinking leads me, for sure. Um, you know, before before I got into program, um, the insane asylum was, you know, just like gorging myself on food until it hurt that that was that was a solution um I suppose somewhere deep down I kind of knew like that wasn't really a solution and that it was temporary but I just I just didn't know anything else you know that was um that was just what I knew knew how to do and, you know I come from like um you know alcoholic family culture and um yeah, you know, we, we just, we didn't know anything else. You know what I mean? There was no, there was no sense, like zero sense of like, if I have a hard feeling and I sit with it, it might eventually just go away, you know, because I can process something on its own. Um, that's actually still hard to keep in mind sometimes now, um, that if I sit with hard feelings and either meditate pray write in a journal maybe even make a phone call and oh my god maybe even write a turnaround and look at where like you know i'm being selfish dishonest self-seeking and afraid um that i can actually like process through those feelings without without eating It's, it's it's hard though because sometimes um sometimes it's you know it's all just too much um and it's not perfect and i don't work a perfect program but um, I just know the past 13 years of my life of, um, you know, being somewhat abstinent and um, oh, no, well, like I guess that's kind of BS, Either you're abstinent or not, right? Um, but like working with steps and trying to do things according to the instructions in this book, um, you know, that things, have, things have been much better than what they might have been otherwise. So I'm going to keep coming. And I'm going to keep listening to what you lovely people have to share. And I'm going to keep hearing these readings because, um, you know, otherwise, otherwise, you know, this way lies insanity, right? You know, this way lies the insane asylum. I don't want to end up back there. So um, with that, I pass. And I thank you, everyone, for being on the line this morning.
0: Thanks, Jen. Okay, we have Jana followed by Ginger. Good morning, Jana.
10: Good morning. This is Hannah, a compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. All right. So I'm loving going through the big book and just reading about Jim because I could really resonate with it. And I've never really gone through the big book in detail. So this really helps me just to understand a lot more. Um, And, you know, as a compulsive overeater, I would just Eat my feelings um, and just block everything out. And, you know, that's how I would live. And now that's different. Working a, spi- a spiritual program and, you know, having different ways to deal with things and pausing when I'm agitated. And it's great to see the change because, like, I'm really young um, in this program. And although I'm a teenager, I'm still able to see that change. Like yesterday I had an adult conversation with my parents and I I didn't yell. I didn't stomp my feet. I actually listened. I listened to what they had to say. You know, I, t- I got a few people's opinions before I went in and, um, you know, I didn't eat and that's always a plus. Um, but you know, it's just, it's great to see that like that change, like that change of mind, like that thought change and like everything and just relying on a higher power and not so much on myself and myself mm-hmm. well, and saying, God, you know, like, just help me set aside everything, everything I think I know about my parents, about um, the situation itself, just about everything and just being open to the fact that like, I'm not always right. You know, like, it's not, it's not the Hannah show. It's about how I could be useful to God and how I could serve his um, kids. And, yeah, it's, just, it's really amazing because, like, I'm just putting this out there. It doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are, whatever the case may be. It is never too late to start getting into this program to put down the food. You know, you only have one day, 24 hours. Make it count. Um, there is a way out this program really does work and I'm young and that shows like this could work on anybody you just have to put down the food have that willingness um, to believe in a power greater than yourself and your life will be changed you will have peace of mind life will be great and even with the food like not all of us realize but like all that bad food has such a toll on our body. And once you put that down, you will feel free. You will feel the sense of freedom both mentally and physically that you've never felt before. And I thank OA and, and Vision for that. So that's all I have this morning. And thank you so much for your shares. And I pass.
0: Thanks, Hannah. I like the Hannah show, I'm just going to say. So keep Sharon, Hannah, you're my teacher. Okay, enough crosstalk there. Ginger, it's your turn. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. This is Ginger C, recovered compulsive overeater. And hate to follow the crosstalk, but I love the Hannah Show too. And thank you so much for that beautiful message that this does work. And you too can be free. If you're stuck in the nightmare right here, right now, you can have that freedom, like she just beautifully shared. And, um, You know, suddenly the thought crosses my mind that if I were to put this ounce of whiskey in my milk, it couldn't hurt me on a full stomach, you know. So this totally sane thinking that I may have just had a second ago becomes totally insane. And it reminds me of step two, that I came to believe that a power greater than me could restore me to sanity. So how am I seeking that power? each and every moment and minute of every day because without that defense between me and my crazy head, that thought very well may come one day and I may not be in this recovered state of mind and being. And we say recovered because when I'm saying that word, I no longer see food as any type of a solution to life and life's problems. I can be in my skin as uncomfortable as it will get And guaranteed, it will be uncomfortable because that's really what life is about. And I don't have to eat. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, because I don't do this. I lie. I cheat. I steal. I self-sabotage over and over thinking that it's the answer. And I destruct. And thank God for that destruction because isn't that the pain the touchstone to this space that I need to get to? Thinking from my head to my heart, conceding to my innermost self, I am screwed in this food and I need help. And again, we just heard from that share. There is help. It's this practical program of action. And I love step 10. It says I get to react sanely. So when that thought comes, wow, that was pretty sick and crazy, Ginge. Why don't you call someone and share about it, because you're as sick as your secrets. Why don't you get on your knees and invite God in and pray, God, help me. But there's an answer, and there's a way, and I get to react sanely and normally. And then this happens automatically. I just got busy, and I got better. But like the person who read this morning said so beautifully, you got to put down the food entirely. That's where it all begins. Sugar and flour were no problem, but when God told me I had to give up cheese, I got a little pissed. It was like, isn't that enough? But how free do you want to be? And with that, I passed.
0: Thanks, Ginger. Okay, Kathy, you're going to have to follow Hannah. Your turn. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah
11: and Ginger, wow, Larry. Right? Yeah, it's not easy, but you know what? I am a recovered woman today, and I'm up for the challenge. All
8: right, but
11: you know what would I do without you people? Seriously, I'm so grateful. It's Kathy G. Recovered compulsive overeater from Illinois, and uh, I wanted oh, I just want to set my timer. I wanted to jump in this morning uh, because I I had this uh, recollection of being back in my grandfather's apartment in New York when I was a little girl. I was probably about two or three years old. And I had a cold. And my grandpa, to help me feel better, gave me a little like shot glass with um, warm whiskey in it. And he put some sugar in it. And he mixed them together. And I'm telling you true. I still remember the feeling down my throat and in my body of that warm whiskey with sugar. And I'm thinking that was my first from a substance. Mm, I was set up for that effect. I loved it and I wanted more. Well, when we were reading yesterday, I saw that Jim, it said, vaguely sensed that he wasn't being any too smart, that the disease presented a justification for his action. And recently I sought out a new sponsor because I could sense that I had, I had some more work to do in certain areas of my life. I wasn't quite sure what it was, but I just knew that I needed to go deeper. It's like once we get, what, like Ginger said, you know, the food is just, putting the food down is just a beginning. I have years, decades of an unmanageable life that was created by me seeking the effect in a host of substances and behaviors, which God has graciously removed over these decades. So now here I am sitting with pieces of an unmanageable life that are still kind of out there. So this is one of the gifts of this program. You know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, and I heard somebody share, um, and I just sensed there was something in her that I wanted. So I called her, and she's now sponsoring me. And we are looking at areas in life uh, where I am being vague. And that word vaguely, vague, I'm seeing that being vague is just a cornerstone of this illness for me. I'm vague, you know, in finances sometimes, in planning, in exercise, in prayer and meditation, and sleep and play, in how much time I spend on my twelve-step recovery. And I just cannot tell you how grateful I am for this big book, this program, and all of you who show up every day, keep sharing, and, and we we just have a chance to pull each other up with what we're learning, and then we get to share it, and it's, it's the greatest gift I've ever received. So thanks so much. Thanks for your service today, Larry. We just love you on the line. So I uh, hope you all have a great day. Thanks.
0: Right back at you, Kathy. Thank you. Okay, we have Julie followed by Craig. Julie, good morning.
12: Hi, good morning. This is Julie M. in Colorado. And putting whiskey in milk, that reminds me of all the excuses that I've made in order to eat. And it also re- this, this is also reminding me of um, I used to run a health food store. I was the manager of the supplement area because I know so much about nutrition, yet i would you know I'd binge on anything that was organic and after working at the health food store, I'd go to the regular store and get you know get my true binge foods and somehow there would you know i didn't see the disconnect or if i did i just i wouldn't allow myself to see it and Denial is so huge, um, and one of the ways that I have made excuses is um, I grew up in a family of of drug addiction. My parents grew and sold marijuana, and when I was a child and i had I had sexual trauma as a child, I would binge my brains out and I had tons of alcohol in my home tons of marijuana there were other drugs i never turned to those i didn't care about those they didn't call my name i would i would only go to food but as i got older i would smoke pot because then it was like i had an excuse to have the munchies and then i it was okay to binge and eat a lot of food in front of other people because that's what you do when you smoke pot right and It's just amazing to me the delusional thinking and the denial that we have until, for me personally, until I read the doctor's opinion. And then even self-knowledge there was not enough. It was only coming to believe in a power greater than myself and being willing to call God in every time. I can remember looking at a plate of food, knowing it was not abstinent, you know it didn't have a cupcake on it but it, it something about it was an abstinent and i remember just swearing at god and being like get out of my food and now um you know i might i might walk past a pastry shop and the idea will come through ooh that sounds good but as soon as it comes through it goes out and i recoil as if from a hot flame i don't i'm not called to food it doesn't speak to me it's not sexy to me anymore and it's just an absolute miracle that I can exist in this world every day. And I only eat what's what I'm supposed to eat. I only, I, I, I don't even eat that much. I don't think about food. I don't snack between meals and it, I don't even think about it. It's, it's an absolute miracle. And it's only from following OA through the big book that I've come to that. Um, for me, I, I I did get a lot out of regular OA literature, except that without the doctor's opinion, I never truly understood the allergy of the body or the obsession of the mind. And, um, and I never came to God the way that I have from reading the big book. Page 12 is my absolute favorite. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Julie. Okay, Craig. I don't know how you're going to, fo- you know, follow all the all that wisdom, but give it a try. Good morning, Craig.
8: Good morning, Larry. How are you this morning?
0: <laughs> good.
8: Good. Good. Um, you know, I I I read this and I I'm immediately am thinking uh, of the doctor's opinion, of course. And you know, one of the things I do with uh, sponsees when we go through the doctor's opinion is we go through and uh, and highlight everything that the doctor says won't get you or keep you sober, you know? How many things can you find that the doctor says won't? And so many of them are right here in this paragraph, you know? Uh, frothy emotional appeal, uh, you know, a good reason, uh, uh, a, uh, a health issue, the, uh, self-knowledge, uh, the doc uh, you know, medical advice, those things won't get me or keep me abstinent, you know I, And it, it just seems you know, I, I worked I had a guy working for me one time. He'd had an industrial injury and the doctor cut his pain meds off, and so he was taking, started taking street drugs uh, to alleviate his pain and he got himself hooked on heroin, and I remember self-righteously thinking uh, how how stupid that was, you know, like, can't you see how ignorant that is? Well, uh, guess what, you know, uh, I, I I probably weighed 350 pounds at the time, I, I'd get up to, end up getting up to 500 and relapse at one point, over 500, and and you know can't i see how can't i see how nonsensical that is uh you know it doesn't make sense um you know why why can't i just push it all aside you know and and uh and eat like a normal person but here it is you know here is the definition of the insanity uh you know just knowing that i was killing myself didn't make me stop killing myself because uh, uh I craved the effect because I couldn't handle life on life's terms because I didn't have you know lack of power that was my dilemma I didn't have uh, I didn't have the connection that I needed with a power greater than myself that would that would restore me to sanity and and you know we're we're going to find out as these chapters go on that the that that the one thing that will get you and keep you sober uh is that spiritual awakening the spiritual uh, a, a spiritual rearrangement uh sufficient force to keep me uh out of the food and uh you know all these other things just are like throwing uh, uh Throwing darts at the wall, you're not going to hit the target uh, that you need to hit. So he had much knowledge about himself. I I also want. To, am I out of time? Are you timing me?
0: Ah, oh. we got all the time in the world, Craig. All right, <laughs> you got another,
8: <laughs> another few seconds. All right, I you know I have people call uh, all the time and they say I'm struggling. You know I'm struggling with the food. I'm struggling and I and and. In that statement, I'm struggling, it contains the entire problem, you know. As long as I'm struggling, then I'm not surrendered. And this guy had all the reasons, and he was struggling, but he had not surrendered. He's not not ready to accept power from uh, uh, a higher power, from somebody, you know, he's not not ready yet to have a a uh, you know have Muhammad Ali get in the ring for him. He's still trying to fight Mike Tyson, and uh, he's not going to win. Uh, but you know we can surrender. We have we have a power greater than ourselves that's willing to step in the ring for us. It's willing to to carry us through uh, and and help us stay sober, to help us stay abstinent. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Craig. Okay, we're on page uh, thirty-six, the third paragraph only. Thus started one more journey. We could we got time for maybe about four,
2: four or five folks. Jen like A.
13: Lisa B. Okay. Uh, Beth
2: W. Beth
0: Simma. Sim Simba. Okay, we'll stop yes. with that, and we'll see where we're at. Okay. Oh, this is a lineup, Jen, and Lisa, and Beth, and Sima. Jen, Marie, your turn. Press star one,
1: Jen. Here we go. Can you hear me now?
2: Yeah,
1: okay, I got good. Awesome, thanks. What a great
14: meeting. Thanks, Larry. This is Jen A, Recovered in Colorado. Um. So I can remember I'm a little like Jim. I didn't put whiskey in my milk, but wow, was I a girl that was loading um, stevia in my protein shakes. And um, there's these instructions on the side of the container, and it says um, to put a few drops. I think it's three. That's what's indicated on the side of the bottle. Um, I was the girl who was putting three to four to five droppers full to seek the effect of the stevia in my protein shake. And it was full of great ingredients. um, abstinent ingredients for me, but I was still seeking the effect from that. And um, somebody said, hello, like, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, Jen, it's a duck. And I was like, what? And they're like, you're still negotiating with certain ingredients? And I was like, oh, but it's all natural. And that's how I came into this program is I thought I had all the ideas that just putting a little bit of stevia in my protein shakes was okay or just a little bit of stevia in my coffee or just a little stevia in my oatmeal to make it a little bit sweeter just so that I could eat it. Um, and and that's that's my that's my insane thinking, right? Um, and what I began to understand is this: just like um, this man, um, that is going to lead me. That mental twist leads me to another bite, and another bite, and another bite. It triggers the allergy. And once I was willing to get entirely absent and put all those ingredients down, um, that I was still negotiating honey, maple syrup, stevia, anything that was natural but that was still affecting the phenomenon of craving that was leading me back into the food is when I got, I got serious. And, um, you know, the defense for me um, that was talked about this morning, that was the, the simple set of instructions. That's the 12 steps for me, right? And then I love um, how somebody was talking about this morning on page 25. And if we keep reading, it says, the great fact is just this and nothing less, that we've had a deep and effective spiritual experience which has revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. And the central fact of our lives today is that the absolute certainty that our creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous, has commenced to accomplish those things for us, which I could never do by myself. And that's the fact for me today, is that I got to protect myself from this mental blank spot. And how am I going to do it? I'm going to work through the steps, right? And then I'm going to stay spiritually fit. And i'm going to lean into god because food never felt as good as god does today right god's the source of my security and my happiness and this power is so much better than the pain that i was in in the food and with that i'll pass
0: thanks jen okay we have lisa followed by beth good morning lisa
13: good morning larry thank you for your service my name is lisa b and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville South Carolina, and I do spell my name l e s a I wanted to share about um, this reading all of a sudden it left my mind what I was going to say, but um you know if I don't have a change in my attitude, in my perception, in my outlook, I'm going to pick up something to change the way I feel and I'll always be wired that way. So once I go through the steps and I've had this amazing experience of becoming recovered and I've had that change, I don't get a certificate or a diploma. It's not a one-time thing where I'm done. Oh, good, you know, oof, I did that, now I'm done. It's day in and day out. And you know, often in AA meetings, I'll hear from people that have long-term sobriety, have been separated from the alcohol for many, many decades, they'll often say, that they are not white knuckling it but they are in many ways closer to a drink today than they were and I can see how they would say that Um, I'm not white knuckling it I am doing this happily but that self-reliance can creep in there where I'll think you know I've got this not with the food but with character defects or with people or with life or with just Something that comes up inside of my gut that is bothering me. I'll think I've got that. And I have to remember that I am fragile, I'm vulnerable. you know i I can very easily get back into being a baffled lot, wondering what happened, and it's my thinking, it's my attitudes and my perceptions that must stay plugged into this source. I need to have this relationship with power, the God of my understanding every day deepening it, and that requires doing a lot of things that are inconvenient, working intensely with others, actively living in steps 10 and 11, not minimizing things, you know, acknowledging these small little shoestrings that I trip over in 10 steps, as small as they may be, because my life depends on it. This is serious, serious stuff. It really, really is. And the illness wants me to minimize and uh, just pretend that it's okay that I've got this. And um, I'm just so grateful to be here. I need to stay closer today than I did a month ago, a year ago, a few years ago. I need to work harder today than I have previously worked. And I do this because I want to continue, 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 and deepen in my relationship with this power. I pass.
0: Thanks, Lisa. Okay, we have Beth followed by Simma. Good morning,
15: Beth. Hi Larry, this is uh Beth from North Dakota compulsive overeater. Um gosh, I I just I have never um identified with Jim as much as I do this week. Um after my um uh very short relapse which I'm grateful that um came to a very quick end, but I, you know, I looked up the word foolish and um you know, a lack of, it's showing a lack of good, ju- good sense or judgment or discretion, you know. And I, I, you know, man, that was me not too many days ago. And I had so much knowledge. I knew exactly what I was to do and what I was not to do. And, um, and I knew about this disease. I mean, I, I had just gone over the doctor's opinion, um, the day before practically, and, um, and all those reasons for not eating were so easily pushed aside for ease and comfort um, because I was disconnected from the God of my understanding and I was not doing 10 steps. My 11th step evening inventory was sporadic at best recently. And um, I, you know, I was disconnected. I was connected with, um, with the meeting, I was connected with sponsors, but I was not connected to the God of my understanding that would um, alleviate the, um, the, my by ease <clears throat> or disease. And um, so the, the, the can of roasted nuts looked pretty darn good to me that day. And um, that, was the, that was me in the favor of the foolish idea. And, you know, so for, so for me, and um, perhaps as a cautionary tale to anybody else, um, it's all the steps. It's not one step that's greater than the rest. Um, but if I, if, if I don't have all the steps taken together, I heard you, Larry. If I don't have all the steps taken together um, that will lead me to a closer relationship with the God of my understanding, then I am nothing. And I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much, Beth. You heard that coughing, huh? Um, Hey, Sima, you're up and then it's a wrap. Good morning, Sima.
16: Good morning, Larry, and everyone on the line. It's great to hear you all. Sima, Grateful Compulsive reader living in recovery, and also living in New Jersey. Uh, I have a different take on this paragraph for me. Um, the, The thought always crossed my mind that if I just, change to a different food plan that so-and-so was doing because they seemed to be recovered, then that would be the answer for me. And I uh, came into OA 43 years ago, and um, I left at one point for 25 years because each food plan that I tried didn't seem to be the answer. It would work for a while, maybe over a year, and then I would go back into the eating, and I thought I was working the steps, but. Um, I guess I wasn't, or I guess I wasn't there yet, where I needed to be six years ago when I came back uh and I immediately got connected with a vision for you and um my life has been a dream ever since but the uh when I came back to o a this time, I came back with a higher power that was guiding me instead of with a food plan that was guiding me and um and tools and when i connected with my higher power, all of a sudden the abstinence stuck and it wasn't a problem. And so I can say today that um, getting in touch with a higher power is different from knowing there's a higher power. And uh, whatever thought crosses my mind, my higher power can take it away if I just stay connected. I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Uh, Thanks so much uh, Simma. Appreciate that. And thank you to everyone um, who has shared, Anna. Please join us for a a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID for today, which is um, June 28th for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. That is 13091, 13,091. So we're not going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer, if you care to join us. So, Hoodie, are you available, Hoodie?
1: Yes, I sure am. Am I being heard?
0: Yes, you are.
1: Okay, thank you. My name is Hoodie. Our book is meant to be suggested only. We realize we know only a little. God will counsel and disclose more to you and to us.